Support for WXAV is being provided by Bookies, an independent bookstore located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, with a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood. Both locations have large stocks of new and used books for both adults and children across many genres. Bookies places orders daily for books not currently in stock. For more information and upcoming events, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Hi, I'm Peter Creighton, host of The Rockology, which you can hear exclusively on WXAV 88.3 FM and streaming at our website, WXAV.com, and on the TuneIn radio app. One of my favorite albums of 2021 was the self-titled debut album from Buffalo Nichols. On this critically acclaimed album, Nichols captures the sound of the Delta Blues and brings it into the 21st century. He's been on the road most of 2022, and he's coming to Chicago to perform at this year's Lollapalooza and a very special Lala after show at Buddy Guy's Legends on July 28th. I recently sat down with Nichols to discuss his debut album, how music allows all of us to express negative feelings, and who his musical hero is. Here's my interview with Buffalo Nichols. You you got a very busy week this week. You're playing Buddy Guy's Legends on July 28th, and then you have a set at 2 o'clock, actually 2.10 at Lollapalooza on uh, Sunday the 31st. How excited are you um, to come to Chicago and play Buddy Guys and and do Lollapalooza? I'm really excited. Uh, those are both places that I, you know, years ago I never would have thought I would be able to play. So I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, what does Chicago mean to you for your musical career? Like we're we're based in Chicago, things like that. How has the city impacted your musical journey? It's been pretty significant in my musical journey. Uh, you know, growing up in Milwaukee, a lot of the music that I was exposed to came from Chicago or from me going to Chicago. I would go to Chicago, you know, every week, sometimes a few times a week to see concerts, uh, specifically the uh, Old Town School of Folk Music would have so much music that you couldn't really hear or see specifically. Um, so just the 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 internationalness of Chicago really opened up my eyes to a lot of different music. You know, going back a little ways, when did you first feel the call of music? When when was it where you're like, I want to be a musician. I want to I want to get up there and sing and perform. It was very gradual. Uh, it took a lot of years for me to to come to that decision or the realization, because um, it was always just something that I did. And then it was something that I did for a living. So it took a good, you know, 10 years of playing guitar. And, you know, part of that was playing professionally for me to realize that it was more vocational and it was something that I really, I didn't do anything else, not because of, you know, uh, I couldn't. It was just that uh, music just kept calling me and, and it took a long time for me to understand what it meant and that being a creative person and being an artist was part of who I am and it wasn't just a, a choice or a career. That's awesome. And I like how you said it was vocational and everything because 
you have a, a totally different spin on your music that is just so incredibly refreshing. And you can really hear it on your self-titled debut album that came out last year. How did you approach uh, recording this this album? Because there's a lot of just raw emotion that's just ingrained in this record. It's It's absolutely incredible. Well, thank you. I don't know if I can address that without patting myself on the back. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely pat yourself on the back. Absolutely. But I really don't, uh, I didn't go in with any great intention. I, it was just a time when I was just writing as much as I could. And I went in a lot of different directions, which has been a bit of a struggle for me trying to, to stay in one uh, lane in terms of genres. But the songs that ended up on the album, um, it was, yeah, it was for me an escape from uh, the production side or, you know, uh, adding extra elements to a song. And it was really about focusing on the, the delivery and, and the songwriting in some cases, just to, to get that to, to shine through. Yeah, it, it really does shine through. And, you know, I have to say the first time I heard Lost and Lonesome, it, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. Like, it was like, whoa, what, what is this that is coming at me right now? Can you talk a little bit about what inspired that song and then, you know, just how, how you went about like recording it and everything? Because there's a real beauty to that song. I mean, you really feel the emotion in the lyrics and, you know, with the guitar playing and everything. It's, it's amazing. Oh, uh, for that song, I, I can't really pinpoint writing it. Um, like I said, it was like a time when I was just writing as much as I could. And so many songs came out that I, I couldn't really exactly recall what was going through my mind. But I do remember, um, you know, trying to to write in a way that would make people perceive me as a, a blues musician. And uh, I, I, at least in that case, I tried really hard to avoid, um, you know, things that I had heard before, but still make it familiar so i just went to the the idea of of isolation and and even with the instrumentation i wanted it to sound kind of like this lonely thing and just the the main thing supporting it is the guitar and it's a it sounds and feels like somebody who's you know alone and and that was yeah, that was what was going through my mind that's awesome i mean you you really captured like that old Delta blues sound of like Robert Johnson um, and Lead Belly and everything on that track. It's, it's, you did a great job with that. Thank you. And that was one that I did go to a studio. Some of the stuff was just recorded very uh, um, amateur ish at home, but that one was in a studio. So it helped to, uh, to, uh, you know, deliver the, I mean, the rawness didn't get lost in that, um, but it, I had a little bit of help, you know, Oh, that's awesome. I, I didn't realize that you've recorded some of the, the tracks at home and everything. Yeah, there was a lot of just, you know, I mean, they're essentially demos. A lot of the stuff was was more of an exercise for me than a, uh, intended to be a final project or a finished product. But, you know, in the end, the the act of of trying something new ended up being the, the theme of the album for me. Now, th this past weekend, you just played um, the Newport Folk Music Festival. I mean, it was a major uh, weekend with Joni Mitchell coming back um, and doing a surprise set, but also Rihanna Giddens was was performing and things like that. Um, what was it like for you playing Newport? 
It was great. Another one of those things where I, I, I knew about it and I knew that it was a, a legendary thing and just never saw myself being a part of it. And so just being there was great and so many great musicians and great people. It was a, a good time. That's awesome. Now, in prepping for this interview, uh, I went back and I watched some of your, your um, previous interviews you've done. And you said something in one of them that was really, really interesting. You said, I'm going to paraphrase here. It's easier and more acceptable to share positive emotions with others. But when it comes to negative ones, you're pretty much left on your own to deal with those emotions. But for you, you take those negative feelings and you channel that into your music. And that really, you know, hit me hard and everything. For you, how does how does the music kind of help you process and not only process, but almost, you know, share those negative emotions out there in the world? I'm still thinking about that. Uh, I just know that uh, for a lot of my my youth specifically, I I listened to music that was dark or that people would consider angry, but it didn't make me angry. It just made me feel less alone or just the something about the 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 humanity of knowing that someone else feels the way that you do um is is comforting and yeah i think what i said is is pretty much the the gist of it um it's it's really easy to to share joy with people and to share happiness and it feels good but when you start to talk about the other side, which is something that everybody deals with. Some people like to pretend that it's not happening. Some people like, you know, they feel bothered by other people talking about their issues or embarrassed, but then they still feel comfortable enough to go to the music and, and get that feeling that someone else hears them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would prefer if everybody could just be open about the way they feel good or bad, but you know, I don't think, it's easier said than done, but in, yeah. when it comes to music, we can definitely just be more vulnerable as listeners and as, uh, you know, artists. Yeah. It's almost like the music makes it like socially acceptable to have us admit that we have those feelings then. Yeah. We can write about how we feel or listen to how we feel in, in a negative way. But, uh, you know, if you do it in person, people will tell you that you're complaining or something, but you put it in a song and they call it the blues. You know, speaking of music, who are who are some of your musical heroes? Uh, really, too many to to count. Um, I, I I think the only person who I've really um, looked to as a a guide in my music is uh, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and this is you know years ago when I just started playing guitar, but. Since then, I, I never saw anybody really as a musical hero. It just felt like everybody has something that they can offer. And I just tried to, to learn from everyone I heard or met or played with. Um, is there one album that you feel like people sh- need to go out and like listen to and everything, but specifically that they need to go out and listen to like on vinyl? Um, we've had this great vinyl resurgence over the last decade, decade and a, and a half. You know, what's that one album that you feel like you need to listen to on vinyl to fully appreciate it. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a lot. I, you know, never been an audiophile when it comes to listening to music. Um, but I, I can say, you know, a lot of the music that I enjoy, um, I'm trying to think of an example. 
I guess it, it's when it comes to an album that that you should really sit down with. There's one that I've been thinking about lately, and it's uh, it's by the uh, the Algerian singer Khaled, and it's called uh, Sahra. And it's a very like it's a very commercial album. It was I think it was supposed to be his like big introduction to to the world. But it's just very fascinating to hear uh, a sort of Algerian musician's take on on pop music. Um, you listen to it from beginning to end. It's like a, a global journey almost. And yeah, I'm sure that's not the uh, expected answer, but that one for me is a, a sit down and listen kind of album. No, that's amazing. I'm going to, once we finish the interview, I'm going to pull it up and, and listen to it. No, that's fantastic. Final question I have for you. WXCV, we're, we're a college radio station. Um, how has college radio impacted your career? But also, you know, how has just, you know, what do you see college radio's role in today's music culture and everything? I mean, college radio has been really important for me as a career musician and as a just as a person. Um, it's really the only kind of radio I listen to when I'm at home or in a a new city. Any kind of avenue to to share music with that is highly restricted, like you know, mainstream radio and what used to be MTV. It, uh, I mean, there's a there's a capitalistic aspect of it that you know you can't deny because of we just live in that kind of society. But I think art really suffers when it's all about being easy to digest and profitable and you know college radio tends to go for takes takes a lot more risks and we are not going to get interesting music and we're not going to get interesting artists if everybody has to rely on you know the mainstream so without college radio we don't music just can't grow because there's no there's no way to reach people it's very difficult to reach people especially now um, outside of radio, because there's just so much to find in the streaming world. So it's the one of the last places where you can just have this curated experience where you can get new music that is being recommended to you because it's good and not because it's guaranteed to be popular. That might be the best answer I've ever gotten to that question ever. Thank you so much. Um, Buffalo Nichols, thank you for for taking time out of your day to uh, to talk to me. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And that was my interview with Buffalo Nichols. For more information, please visit his website at buffalo-nichols.com. Again, buffalo-nichols.com. You can follow him also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Peter Creighton, and thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.